Blog Talk Radio.
every cancerous cell to go in the name of Jesus Christ, Father. We ask for complete and total healing over every organ of their bodies in the name of Jesus, Father. Every bone be put back in place right now and, and made whole completely in the name of Jesus, Father. Every headache, every migraine gone in the name of Jesus, Lord. Every person who has um, a problem with their pancreas in the name of Jesus, Father. Lord, we ask for complete and total healing on them, Father. Through your word, Lord, that says, by your stripes we are healed, Father. Right now, in the name of Jesus, complete and total healing on them, Father. For any person who is um, suffering with depression, Father, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, rebuke the spirit of depression and command it to go in the name of Jesus, Father. Your word declares that in the presence of the Lord there is fullness of joy, Father. Father, remove every spirit of confusion, every spirit of doubt, every spirit of fear. Your word declares that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, Father. So, Father, we ask right now, in the name of your Son, Jesus, Father, to make your people whole tonight, Lord. Increase their faith in you, Father. Increase their trust in you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So I'm not sure what um, Chris is going to be preaching on later tonight. I, I missed the broadcast last night. Um, so we'll just go with this first hour and see what the um, Holy Spirit does. Um, because he gets all the glory and all the honor um, to Jesus. So I wanted to read a couple quotes. Um, and like I did on... Um, Sunday night, I'm going to probably go into one of two different directions, and I'm just as surprised as you when to find out which way it is. Um, so, um, a missionary named Cal Thompson once wrote, it is now possible to live a Christian life without doing the things that Jesus commanded us to do. We have hired people to go into all the world, to visit those in prison, to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked, to care for the widows and orphans. The average Christian doesn't have to do it. And then David Livingston wrote, Sympathy is no substitute for action. And Francis Xavier, who was a missionary in India, the Philippines, and in Japan, said, Tell the students to give up their small ambitions and come eastward to preach the gospel of Christ. Robert Moffat said, In the vast plains of the north, I have sometimes seen in the morning sun the smoke of a thousand villages where no missionary has ever been. Oswald Smith wrote, No one has a right to hear the gospel twice, while there remains someone who has not heard it once. And I don't um, read these quotes to bring any kind of condemnation on anybody. The Word of God declares there is therefore no there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ has set me free from the law of sin and death. Um, on the contrary, I read these to emphasize with the greatest amount of importance and earnestness, the necessity for us to preach the gospel, whether it's in word or it's in deed, and it can be both, and it should be both um, at all times. 
um, we are called to be disciples of Christ. And in the process of becoming disciples of Christ, performing the actions of Christ, you know, um, an apprentice always follows the actions of their master to learn a trade or a skill and sooner or later um, can perform works just like um, their master has performed. And, you know, Jesus said, the works I do, you will do also. And greater works than these you will do because I go to my Father. Which we know is he meant because he was going to send the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. But, you know, the um, urgency with which we um, plead and talk to you about um, the lost um, is a never-ending, um, never-changing passion in our lives um, because it's true um, we live our day-to-day -day lives and we do whatever we normally do during the day and um, I'm shocked sometimes how few people watch the news which isn't even of really that much significance but um, you know last night I was um, laying in bed with my wife because um, we have Netflix and I was watching um, a documentary <coughs> excuse me um, and it was about these um, two doctors who went to various um, remote tribes throughout um, South America and throughout um, the northern parts of, of Russia and, I mean, various other places. Um, and you wouldn't think in the, society, in the times that we live now that there would still be um, natives, as they would be called, um, indigenous people who have never even seen electricity or who've never seen um, most modern technology. Um, but yet, yeah, there they are. Um, I mean, anybody can pick up a National Geographic or um, watch a documentary and can see that there's hundreds and thousands of people in this world who have for the most part, never been exposed to the outside world, never had um, a missionary or a medical doctor come into their village to bring any sort of hope whatsoever, let alone the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is the greatest hope of all, because it doesn't only um, give them the ability to heal um, simple sicknesses and diseases, but to have eternal life for their souls through the blood of the Lamb. And, you know, as we live, um, every day we should um, keep that in mind. It should be at the forefront of our heart because it was the desire of the Lord Jesus to reach the lost and to go out seeking those who are lost um, so that they can receive the free gift of salvation from Jesus Christ. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, none of us can really say that our work is done while there's still those out there who've never heard the gospel, those who've never had a chance to receive the gospel. And, you know, many, um, you know, I remember this documentary last night, how they had mentioned that one in like seven kids die within the first couple of years of being born. And, you know, for most humanitarians, it seems like a tragedy, but 
the greatest tragedy is there's not someone there preaching the gospel to them. And I'm not saying that to say that you personally have to go out there. But it'd be nice. It'd be nice if I could go out there. But I say it more to elaborate that even if you physically can't go, spiritually you can. You can still stand in the gap for nations and kingdoms and peoples um, of every tribe and language and tongue on the face of this planet, standing before the Father in the gap with those people, asking for the Lord um, to send laborers out into those fields. And he is more than able and more than willing to do it. I mean, Jesus himself said, pray the Lord of the harvest to send laborers out into the harvest. You say that there's still months until the harvest, but I say, look, lift up your eyes and look, and the, the fields are already white and ready for harvest. You know, we have people all over talking about the the end times and presidential elections and talking about this and talking about that with um, great significance and great importance, like it's a life-changing event. And there's no event in a person's life that's going to more dramatically change their life here and in eternity outside of Jesus Christ. And so every day we should be um, fervently spending time seeking the Father and um, asking him to reach those who are lost, even the ones we can't go to. And if we go that far, we might as well um, start living the gospel and preaching the gospel everywhere we go, whether it's when we're at work or we're at a gas station. You know, how often um, do we walk into a gas station and see some clerk behind the counter and actually talk to them and say, do you know Jesus? You know what, maybe they say they do. Mm, but on the other hand, maybe they say they don't. It maybe it's that one day the Lord has divinely appointed you to walk into that gas station and change the genealogy of an entire family and even perhaps an entire nation because of your obedience and willingness to get out of a comfort zone and preach the gospel to someone you don't know. But I'm just saying. Um, anyway... Okay, so enough of that. Um, Holy Spirit, we give um, this broadcast to you, Lord. Father, asking in everything that you would be glorified, that the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, would be glorified, Father, through the life of every person listening tonight, Father. And not only here in the United States, Father, but across every nation and every country, Father that your name would be lifted up high, Father, that your name would be exalted, Father, that you would confirm your word with signs and wonders, Father, across this earth, Lord. Father, that you would raise up missionaries, raise up intercessors, raise up evangelists, Father, to go into the world and proclaim the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, to take the light of the gospel into those nations that are still in darkness, Father, that are still in bind and that are still bound, Father, and in chains, Father, and that we know that your gospel, Father, and the blood of Jesus will break the bondages, will break the sins, Father, will bring freedom, Lord, to those people who don't know you, Lord. Father, for anybody who's listening tonight, Father, whether they're listening live or they're listening by the archive, Father, oh God, tonight touch their heart, Lord. Tonight, meet them at the place where they're at, Father. Meet them at the place of their need, Father. Open their eyes and let them see 
the love which you have for them, Father, which you had before the foundation of the world, Lord. Let them see the reality of your love for them and the power of your blood in their life, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You know, um, some people um, sit around wondering um, if they're called to be in the ministry and um, when it's going to happen. And, you know, you can sit around for waiting, um, but, you know, um, as I've heard Chris in some way say, um, just get out there and do it. Um, start small. Start in your own household. Um, start discipling and mentoring your own family in the gospel. And then let it grow from there. Um, if you have a calling on the, on your life from the Lord, get out there and get it done. Whether that's singing in your church or leading a Bible study or a church group or whether it's writing a book. Um, if you don't know how to start, then you just trust the Lord and you take a step on the water. You know, it's it's funny that story um, about Moses and the Red Sea. Because, you know, Moses and the children of Israel um, had seen so many miracles from the Lord. He had delivered them from the hands of the Egyptian by, I mean, great signs and wonders. And to the point that Pharaoh pretty much said, get them out of here. And they're, they have their freedom, and they're leaving Egypt, and the Pharaoh's chasing them. And even after the Lord delivered them, they're still running, forgetting that the Lord had just delivered them. And somehow they forgot and immediately assumed, okay, well, he let us go. So that whole thing about God delivering us must have been a fluke, so now we're on our own. And so they get to the Red Sea, and now they're really stuck because now they have nowhere to go. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to get devoured because they forgot um, that the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. And so Moses is like, okay, Lord, what now what do I do? And, you know, the Lord looked at Moses, and in some ways he said, well, I gave you a stick. I gave you a rod. Cast it down. You did it before. Do it again. You trusted me before. Trust me again. And he cast and he cast the rod down and took a step and the water parted and they went through the Red Sea on foot, um, which is probably one of the greatest signs they could have witnessed. And then they get to the other side. The enemies are devoured and they're going um, to the promised land. Once again, the Lord promising them, I have a plan and a purpose for your life. And all of a sudden, now they're getting hungry and they're getting thirsty, and they're like, okay, Lord, did you lead us out here to die? Because they forgot once again that the Lord delivered them, not once, but twice. And they have the pillar of fire at night and the cloud of smoke by day to lead them and guide them. He's always there before them. But yeah, they forget because they haven't understood resting in the Lord. And um, when I say that, I don't mean that there's going to be times when you're not going to have an answer. And, you know, um, my wife can tell you I freak out about things like bills all the time. But in the end, it always comes down to, okay, there's only so much I can do about a situation. And there's, and at that point, it's like, okay, you throw your hands up in the air and you're like, okay, Lord, it's yours. 
do what I can, and you trust him to be your provider, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider. And you let the Lord be the Lord in your life, and whatever situation, whatever area it is, whether it's healing or sickness or um, a family member who needs to be delivered, when you get to the end of what you can do is when you lift up your prayers and you sit and you wait and you watch the Lord be glorified in your life and the life of those around you, not because you're trying to put him to the test, but because you let him be himself in your life. You let him take control and do those things only he can do. You know, Jesus said the things that are impossible with men are possible with God. And far too often um, we sit around trying to hold on to our problems, trying to come up with our own solutions, instead of just trusting the Lord to do things and that we can't comprehend or can't understand. But, you know, the Lord has a plan and a purpose for your life, which he constantly um, has spoken over your life. And while we may not fully see the end result of that plan and purpose, the end re what we do see is we see the character of the Father, who said that he changes not. The Bible says that he's the same yesterday and day and forever. The Lord provided for you yesterday. He's going to provide for you tomorrow. When you get to the place of need, the manna will show up doesn't always show up until you're in the place when you actually need it, as we learned from the children of Israel, where the Lord said, don't collect manna for tomorrow. And then Jesus, again, he said, um, why are you even worrying about tomorrow? Sufficient is today for his worries. And it's about trusting him, um, about living in a state of rest in the Lord knowing that the work of the cross is completed in your life, knowing that all the provisions that you will ever need are in Christ Jesus, knowing that the Bible says we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, and we're seated with Christ Jesus. You know, um, I heard someone talk about this the other day, and, it, and it's sort of true. Um, we go about our lives, and we don't really think about it, and we don't really comprehend it. That while with our physical eyes we see the world around us, but with our spiritual eyes, you know, the Bible says that we're seated in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus. So if you just get this picture in your head of the Father God and Jesus at his right hand, well, right next to Jesus is you and me and all those who have put their trust in Christ because the Bible says we're seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It says you're blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. And we need to believe that, and we need to have that become a reality in our lives. Because when you take the truth of the gospel, which wasn't just a death, which wasn't just your salvation, but it was everything else that comes along with it. You know, the Bible says we were purchased with a price, and we're not our own anymore. We belong to Him. It says, "Present yourselves as living sacrifices to the Lord, which is your reasonable service." Consider yourself to be dead as sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. And we need to come to the place where we actually understand who we are in Christ. And we start walking and start believing what the Bible says about us. You know, um, people say it quite often. It's We always go around saying that we believe that the Lord Jesus saved us from our sins and that we have eternal life through him. Well, if we're going to believe those words of the Father, then we should believe all the words of the Father, including the ones that say we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This says we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. It says um, by his stripes we are healed. This says pray, lay your hands on the sick, pray for the sick, and they shall recover. 
In my name, you'll cast out demons. You'll heal the sick, raise the dead. The works that I do, you will do greater because I go to my Father. If you're going to believe one part of the gospel, believe all of it. And trust him for the things that you can't see. Trust him for the things you can't understand, because he can. His ways are higher than our ways, and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And as good of life as you um, have imagined for yourself, his plans and purposes are for you are far greater. He said, further, I know the thoughts I have for you, the thoughts, the thoughts of good and not of evil, give you a future and a hope. Exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask for things. It says again, I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor is entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. And the reason that most people don't have them is because they don't believe them. And so they're not willing to trust the Lord for them. They're not willing to turn over their lives to him and let him take control over their lives. There's many people who will be able to say, that they've trusted him with their salvation, but how many people have trusted him with their life? To trust him with their their day-to-day activities. Trust him with those things that they hold most dear, including your life and your job and your family and your friends. And all those little and all those desires that the Lord has given you, and He's put those He's put desires in your heart because He wants to fulfill them and He wants to see you prosper. The Bible says that you may prosper even as your soul prospers. And everything starts with your ability to trust him. It says in Hebrews, it says, those that come to him must first believe that he is, and you must also believe that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You know, the enemy um, is constantly going to lie to you and deceive you and try to convince you that you are not what the Father said you are. Because he knows if you, the minute you start believing what the Father said about you is the minute your entire life changes and your entire outlook on life changes. Then the big mountains and the big um, waves that try to take over your life and the, one, the things that you would normally run from, then you can just stand up to those things knowing that the Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood, he will raise up the standard against him. You know, the Bible says that there you go through the fires, you'll not be consumed. There you go through the waters, you'll not be over you'll you'll not be overtaken. Um, something like that. So, um I'm gonna read a little bit of scripture. Um this starts with um Isaiah fifty four. Um and you know, I think the Lord is wanting us as a body of believers, as a church, um to get away from the spirit of deception that the church has been in. Um, and, you know, there's many things the church has been in um, And a lot of things that the Lord has desired for his bride for a long time Including unity, including love Including um, having the love of Christ And um, and one thing is I think he wants to reveal to us our true identity in him Because I believe that once we start understanding our identity in him We will start becoming the church of the living God Sort of like um, the disciples on the day of Pente- on the day of Pentecost, you know, they knew in whom it was they believed, and whom they had placed their trust in. Even though the Lord Jesus was crucified, they saw him resurrected, and they sat around waiting. 
thinking, okay, well, any minute he's going to come back and um, establish his kingdom. And the angels came up to him and said, you know what? The Lord said, go meet him here. Why are you standing around waiting? You have something to do. And we, likewise, um, though we eagerly await for the appearing of the Son of Man, eagerly await for the appearing of the Lord, we still have things to do in this life. And so it's time to come out of the spirits of despair. It's time to come out of the depression, come out of the valley, and start going into the mountain and praising the Lord and trusting the Lord and declaring the victory for your life through the blood of Jesus. It says in Revelation, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, and not loving their lives unto death. So this may speak to you, it, so we'll see. Um, Isaiah 54, Sing, O barren, you who have not born, break forth into singing, and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. For more of the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent, and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left. And your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. You know, the Lord is saying, <laughs> when I was um, in a um, summer camp a long time ago, um, this um, preacher stood up in front of us and he said, you know, the three things you need to do in your life is you need to dream big, really big. And then you need to pray big and line yourself with the Lord. And then you need to expect big. Because nothing happens without hope and without trusting in the Lord. The Bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge, for lack of vision. You need to have a vision for your life. Understand the places that the Lord has called you to, understanding the anointing that he's put on your life, understanding the direction he wants you to have. And then you need to seek his face and constantly be on your face in front of the Lord. And then you need to expect big, expect the Lord to do those things which he said he was going to do. It says in um, verse 4, it says, Do not fear, for you will not be ashamed, neither be disgraced. For you will not be put to shame. For you will forget the shame of your youth, and you will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. For your Maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name, and your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. For the Lord has called you, like a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit, like a youthful wife when you were refused, says your God. For a mere moment I have forsaken you, but with great mercies I will gather you. With a little wrath I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting, mercy, everlasting kindness I will have mercy on you, says the Lord your Redeemer. For this is like the waters of Noah to me. For as I have sworn that the waters of Noah would no longer cover the earth, so I have sworn that I will not be angry with you, nor rebuke you. For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has mercy on you. O oh, you afflicted one, tossed with tempest and not comforted, behold, I will lay your stones with colorful gems and lay your foundations with sapphires. I will make your pinnacles of rubies, your gates of crystals. 
and all your walls of precious stones. All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near you. Indeed, they will surely assemble, but not because of me. Whoever assembles, assembles against you shall fall for your sake. Behold, I have created the blacksmith who blows the coals in the fire, who brings forth an instrument for his work, and I have created the spoiler to destroy. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. In um, verse 50, chapter 55, it says, Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Yes, come, buy wine and milk, without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread? And your wages for what does not satisfy. Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. And let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. The sure mercies of David. Indeed I have given him as a witness to the people. A leader and a commander for the people. Surely you shall call a nation you do not know, and nations who you do not know shall run to you, because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down, and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth in bud, so that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth, says the Lord. It shall not return to me void, but it will accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. This is Prayer International Radio, our call in number, 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for anything, please give us a call. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back.
You 
All right. Praise God. We're back. Sorry about that. We had to mute on. Uh, well, welcome back to another edition of Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and I'll be hosting the second half of the broadcast. Just uh, want to thank Sean Holmberg. You know, he's back uh, on the air with us, and we're just glad that we're uh, kind of kicking things back in gear this year. And, uh, you know, it's just a blessing to work with somebody that's just a servant of God and, you know, a man of prayer and character. Of course, he, you know, puts first things first. Whether or not he's doing the show, he's, you know, seeking the Lord and taking care of his family and just doing what the Lord has him do. But, you know, I'm blessed to be able to work with him and uh, just blessed. Uh, for those of you that are listening, I just want to thank you for your time. just want you to know you can call in 619-638-8458. You can always leave prayer requests in the chat room. Uh, I'll be in there here in just a minute. Uh, of course, you can always uh, go to the website. We're at www.prayerinternational.org. The email address is prayerinternational at gmail.com. Well, we're just thankful, and we're just thankful to the Lord for a new year. Last night we were talking about having an attitude of gratitude, an attitude of worship and thankfulness. Tonight we're going to continue uh, some of that teaching. You know, we're talking about prayer. A lot of times we wonder why some of our prayers don't get answered or why we don't get breakthrough in some areas. And so some of the things that we're going to be talking about this, this month actually is going to be a first fruit Seeing how this is prayer in the national, we're going to start teaching where I am uh, on prayer and just different, uh, not secrets, not formulas, you know, not some kind of canned deal, but just things that we need to make adjustments in maybe that will help us get breakthrough and areas we need to concentrate on that will help us have different outcomes and we'll begin to change our circumstances and begin to center us in our thinking and in return put us into the center of the things of God. And so with that being said, I want to open up in a word of prayer. We're going to open up in a word of prayer and then we're going to go into a time of worship briefly. Um, very quickly, and then we'll get into some teaching. So, Father, right now we just give you praise and we just give you all the glory. Lord, we thank you, Father God, for what you're doing. Lord, we thank you, Father God, for this new year. We give you, Lord, the first fruits of this ministry, the first fruits of this radio show, Lord God. Father, we ask your blessings upon those, the men and women, teenagers that are listening, uh, and those, Lord God, Ministering to Father God, we pray for the body of Christ and everyone who names and trusts in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray, Father God, that Lord, you would just give us direction, that you would just give us a focus and a clarity for this year. Father, your kingdom come and your will be done in our lives. 
And Father, help us to go forward in the power of the Holy Spirit. Help us to go forward, Father. Lord, we just thank you that you are strengthening us. You are building us up. You are sending us forward. Lord, you told us to go into all the earth and declare the gospel to every nation and to preach and teach and baptize in the name of Jesus. You told us to heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead. Lord, you said so. You said signs would follow those that believe. Lord, you did not tell us to follow signs, but you said signs would follow us if we believed. And so, Father, we choose to believe in the name of Jesus tonight. We choose to believe in your holy word tonight. Father, we choose to believe that you are the source of all good things in our lives, in the lives of those, Father God, that are listening tonight. And we just speak your blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're going to go into a time. just want to give you a little time to soak up. Just going to go into a little bit of intimate worship. And then we're going to get into some secrets of the secret place.
the future's facing it, David, he made the statement in the psalm. He said, Lord, when you said, seek ye my face, I said, your face, O Lord, will I seek. Psalm 108, my heart is fixed. And it's about getting your heart fixed. Getting your mind fixed on the things of God. And that's what it's about. Just getting yourself fixed on the things of God. And we're going to learn about that. So we're talking about cultivating a heart of prayer. You know, just like when you're going to grow a garden, you've got to cultivate the soil. You've got to cultivate the soil before you put the seeds in it. How do you cultivate it? You dig and you turn and you dig and you turn the soil. You dig the soil and you and you, you break up the hardness. Sometimes you've got to get a shovel. Sometimes you've got to get a pick. And you got to bust up the hard, stony places. Sometimes there's rocks and debris in the ground. Sometimes there's uh, tests and there's bad spots in the ground. you got to dig all that stuff up and then begin to turn the soil. And sometimes you've even got to rebed the soil. And put fresh soil in before you even start planting your seeds. And you know, before we have a heart of prayer, when when Jesus comes into our lives, the Holy Spirit comes in. Listen, sometimes the soil of our hearts are still hard, still stony. And we've got to allow the word of God. It's sharper than a two-edged sword and it comes in. And we've got to begin to apply the word of God. The light of God's word begins to expose all the rocks, expose all the debris, and expose all the bad spots, expose all the infestations or fungus or whatever's going on and if there's any contamination. And sometimes... There's a lot of plucking up and a lot of digging and a lot of soul searching, a lot of things we need to do where we begin to remove the debris from our hearts so that we have fertile soil for the seeds of God, the seeds and the deposits of God to go deep and get the the nourishment and get the right environment and atmosphere. And they get watered properly. And then they can grow us up into trees of righteousness. But listen, there's things sometimes in our hearts that keep us from that place of prayer. There's things in our hearts that are the stony, rocky places. And so we're going to get into that. We're going to break through a a worship song, and then we're going to get into those sunny, rocky places. And we're going to talk about some of those things. So let's get into, I don't know here, let's go into something good. I'm not sure where 
Sean went, but we're this is a good worship song. We're gonna go with it. This is Misty Edwards, All Who Are Thirsty, and we'll pick it up about eleven thirty. And all who are thirsty, and all who are weak, come to the fountain. And if you are
Welcome back to Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and I'll be your host uh, for the last half hour on the program. And uh, we were just sharing and talking about cultivating a heart of prayer. Now, what we made reference to, if you're just tuning in, now before you grow a garden, you've got to cultivate the soil. You've got to remove the rocks, remove the debris, and just prepare. In the same way, you know, the Lord says this. He says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. And you've got to realize your heart, your spirit, man, even your soul realm, your mind, will, and emotions, all of that part of you is a garden And as God begins to deposit the seed of his word and begins to deposit the seed and idea of destiny and assignment in your life, these things, if they're nurtured, if they're nourished, if they're cultivated, if they're the right atmosphere, the right nutrients, the right watering, the right conditions, they'll grow up. And God says he likens his children to trees of righteousness. In order for that tree to grow properly, it's got to be nurtured properly. In order for that tree to grow up and produce fruit, got to have the right conditions and if you're going to grow up into a tree of righteousness it all starts with the soil 
It all starts with your heart. And like God says, out of your heart flow the issues of life. Out of the soil comes up the tree. And what is in the seed is going to be the fruit. If you plant an orange seed, you're going to get an orange tree. If you plant a cherry seed, you're going to get a cherry tree. If you plant a magnolia, guess what? You're going to get a magnolia. So depending on what you sow, depending on what you plant into your heart, is what you're going to produce out of your life. Now, throughout our lives, prior to Christ and prior to the kingdom of God and prior to our knowledge of God, we spent our life, and even for some of us that know God, we've spent our life depositing negative seeds into the soil of our heart. We've deposited negative seeds into the soil of our heart, and it's produced a lot of negative fruit. It's produced a lot of negative situations in our life that have grown up and have stopped and halted some things that the Lord had prepared for us. And even as Christians, sometimes the things that we sow into our hearts, that we sow into our lives, that we allow to grow up, they can hinder our prayer life. And so this is very important because, see, you can go through the motions and you can pray all the formulated prayers and all the liturgical prayers you want, but if your heart's not right, if the condition of your heart's not right, it'll hinder the progress of your prayer. Now you say, well, don't we have the blood of Jesus? Yes. Say, well, don't we have mercy and grace? Yes, we do. Now listen, the blood of Jesus gives you access into the throne room. The blood of Jesus gives you access to come before God. Okay? The blood of Jesus, the mercy and the grace. Say this, but listen, you can't, as a Christian, come in with all your unconfessed sin. You can't, as a Christian come into the Holy of Holies with bitterness and, and ought and, and issues the strife and division with your brother or sister in the Lord or with a, a family or a co-worker or a neighbor a brother or sister you can't as a Christian walk into the presence of God with an attitude or an issue with God, because see, God says, Jesus said, before you come pray to me, if you have an issue or fault with your brother, make your issue or fault right first. Make peace with that person. And then you come bring your gift to the altar. God says, come let us reason together. Let's let's talk about it. If you got an issue with God, you need to talk it out before you bring a petition. 
before you can wholeheartedly worship If you've got unconfessed sin and, and things you're carrying around, then you've got a defiled conscience and you can't properly listen to God's instructions. And in those instructions may be the answers to your prayers. So listen, what we do is this. The Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author, which means he starts writing, and the finisher of our faith, was he says lay aside every weight and every sin that easily besets us. He says weights and sins. Now in the garden there's rocks and there's hard soil. See in life things come along and we hide sin in our hearts. We hide rocks. And sometimes things happen, and because we don't stay guarded, we don't give them to the Lord, we don't allow the Lord to sit in, there's things that harden the soil of our hearts. It starts to get hardened. It starts to get hardened. And so what we need to do is we need to begin to Go in and ask the Lord, Lord, search my heart. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Psalm 51. You know, David began to repent and ask God to search his heart. Listen, sometimes we need to look into our hearts and see, do we have rocks? Do we have hard spots? Do we, when I say rocks, do we have hidden sins? So we have things in our hearts that we haven't given to God. Things God has been asking us for. Things Jesus is saying, hey, this is getting between me and you. Or sometimes people's words or people's attitudes or what they do to us, we can take up offenses and it hardens our hearts. It hardens the soil of our hearts. So we need to go in and break up those hard spots and begin to confess and begin to forgive. And begin to release people to the Lord so that the soil of our heart becomes pliable. So that the soil of our heart becomes moist with the refreshing presence of God. As we begin to get a clean conscience and lay aside the weights and the sins. And all of a sudden we have an open heart and a clean conscience. We can come in by the mercy of the blood of Jesus before the Lord, and then we can approach the Father. We can approach the Father because we know we've made our peace with God and we've made our peace with people. We've laid everything down at the foot of the cross. And then we can bring our petitions to God. We can begin to worship the Lord and listen to the Lord give us his instructions. To lead us in the way that we should go. See, as we spend more time worshiping him, and as we allow him to come in and actually remove these things from our hearts, we begin to understand God has our best interest in mind. All of a sudden, he's not like this overlord 
trying to beat us with a stick and scrutinize us and check us on every little thing. It's not like that. The Lord comes in and he says, hey, what, you know, this thought or attitude, you shouldn't think like that or you shouldn't think towards this person like that. You know, or maybe you're, you know, getting negative or, or heavy, depressed. Maybe you're thinking inward or you're, uh, you know, because of different failures or shortcomings, because of different struggles or trials. Sometimes we beat ourselves up and we begin to put ourselves in a negative place. We begin to speak negative about ourselves and we begin to believe the lies of the enemy. Or other people might say negative things over us to try to halt us. The, the enemy knows if he can put fear on us, if he can put insecurity on us, if he can put negativity on us, that he can halt us, slow us down, even stop us from fulfilling the dreams and the plans and the purposes of God. But listen, we need to begin, like we were talking about in the last few days, reminding God of his word. Confessing God's word to also, the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so he is, which means how you see yourself and how you see God and how you see other people make a huge difference on how you react and how you act towards God and yourself and each other. And this plays a huge role in your prayer life, in your God life, in your spiritual life, Every much as, you know, praying liturgical prayers or or going through the motions of religion, okay, and when I say that, I don't mean any disrespect, but, you know, we can go to our church services and our Bible studies and our prayer meetings. We can pray and say all the stuff we want, but if we're not right in our hearts with God and with people, then our prayers aren't going to have any power. And we're not going to experience the presence and the joy of the Lord and the strength of God and actually see the blessing of the Lord overtake us. You know, and I think that's the disillusionment with religion is unless our hearts are right before God, unless we're really walking and practicing the principles of the Word of God and seeing the results, sometimes religion causes us to get disillusioned because we do a few formulas. But the way Jesus said sometimes the weightier matters of the law, you totally forget. In other words, you know, like you told the Pharisees, you strain at the gnats and you swallow the camel. You worry about, you know, memorizing scriptures and paying your tithes, but you forget about blessing your fellow man and and keeping your heart pure before God. And sometimes we go through the motion of religion in our search, and I've done it. We all do it. And we got to realize God's just looking for hearts that are his. God's just looking for people that will run after him and present themselves to him. Give yourself to the Lord. Give yourself to the Lord. Think about that. Have you given yourself to the Lord? Really? I mean, you say, Jesus, come into my heart. But have you given your 
you know, the control of your life to the Lord? Do you get up every day and make a choice to rejoice in the Lord? Do you get up every day and make a choice to praise and worship and be thankful to God? Can you get up every day and choose not to take up an offense and not to be offended and to forgive? Can you get up every day and say, God, no matter what happens, I'm going to trust you with my day. I'm going to lean on on you and not on my own understanding. I'm going to trust in the Lord with all my heart, acknowledge you in all my ways. And then, Lord, you'll direct my path. Do we forget about that? Sometimes we want to mix the world's principles and the kingdom's principles and still get kingdom results. And when we don't get those results, we think we got cheated. Or we think the religion told us, told us something wrong. You know, but, you know, we need to do it God's way. We need to do things the Bible way. And as we do things the Bible way, we'll get Bible results. You know, just like I said before, the Bible says as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. Which means if you meditate on something long enough, it will become a part of you. You'll believe it long enough that it'll happen. Jesus said, if you say to this mountain, be cast out of the sea and believe and not doubt in your heart that whatsoever you say will come to pass, and it shall come to pass. A lot of times we need to realize the words that we speak. You know, that's why he said, whatsoever he says, he shall have. He didn't just say, whatever I say, you shall have. Whatever you say. A lot of times we need to realize just the words of our mouth, the negative things that we say. We sit there and talk about how sick we feel or how tired we are or how we don't have enough, this and that. Instead of standing on the word of God and declaring we're in good health, even if you don't feel like you're in good health, Stand on the word of God and begin to tell your body to line up with what God says. And begin to confess what God says. So when you pray and you ask for healing, how can you ask for healing? And then this all day long say, oh, I, I'm so sick. Oh, I don't feel good. And then you're like, oh, Jesus, heal me. Oh, Jesus, heal me. But you confess sickness 80% of your day. For 95 or 99% of your day, you confess sickness. And then 1% of your day, you pray for healing. But see, what you believe in your heart comes out of your mouth. From the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever comes out of your mouth the most is really what you believe. Which means you really believe that the sickness, if you're talking sickness all day long, or maybe you're talking about how you have a lack in your finances, and you're talking about that all day long instead of declaring that God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. And that God will give you opportunities to make well, give you the power to make well. And that God will increase you a thousand times more than you're worth. Deuteronomy 111. 
listen, get into the Word of God and begin to talk with faith in your mouth. Begin to talk with faith in your heart. Faith talk, you know, talk. Talk God's words. Talk talk words that are pleasing to the Lord. David said, Let the words of my heart let the let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. And when the words of your mouth begin to line up with the words that are in God's mouth, it will give exponential power to your prayers. It will begin to help you see yourself in a different light. When God says you're more than a conqueror and that you're a victor, then do not talk with a victim mentality. When God says by his stripes you're healed, don't confess sickness all day long. When God says, according to his riches and glory, to supply all of your needs, he's a never-present help in time of need. Well, then don't talk about your lack. If he's your shepherd, begin to pray and ask God for answers. Pray the promise, not the problem. See, James said, double-mindedness, double-minded man, is unstable in all his ways. James 1, 7, double-minded man, 7 and 8, is unstable in all his ways. Don't think that he'd receive anything from the Lord. He was talking about later bitter and sweet waters coming out of the same brook, and it cannot be. And if you're going to get into the things of God, you've got to get your mouth in line You've got to get your mind in line. You've got to get the soul of your heart cultivated and start removing these weights and sins and rocks. Why? It's not so that you can say, oh, I've arrived, and oh, I'm better than you, and oh, I'm so holy. No. So that you can have peace with God. So that you can have a clear conscience. So that you can approach God by the blood of Jesus and and have forgiveness and freedom in your heart and have love and joy in your heart and have peace and be strengthened with might on the inside so that you can overcome any circumstance or any situation that you have to face. So you can have confidence with God that he is with you and he's your father and that all things work together for those that love God and that are called according to his purposes. And you can have confidence with God. That's why. That's that's what it's about. It's not about performing for man. Because there's no, you're, you're not, but God sees. God sees. And he knows. He knows your heart. It doesn't matter. It's, it's what you do in secret. It's what you do behind closed doors. He wants to. He wants you to be solid all the way through. Who you are in secret, be the same in public. Be a man or woman of God. Be a man or woman of character. Be a man or woman of integrity that, that aims to please the Lord. And when you mess up, take it to God and repent. When you blow it, 
take it to a brother or sister or, or a spouse, somebody you can trust in the Lord, and pray it through until you get healed. So you can be restored and keep going forward in the things of God. The thing is, is the Bible says there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And we always stop there. But read the rest of that chapter. Read chapter 8. Read the whole chapter. Who are in the spirit, who walk after the spirit and not after the flesh. Read the rest of the verse and the rest of the chapter. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh, but they walk after the spirit of the living God. In other words, they walk and they're, they're about the things of the spirit. They're about the things of the kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things will be added unto you. And that's why we pray. What Jesus says to pray, Father, not our will be done, but your will be done, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we hallow your name, Lord, we set you apart, Lord, we lift you up. And it's about being one with God and, and cultivating that heart and that desire for his presence. Cultivating that desire to be at one with him, to be at peace with him. To experience his joy and his love and his freedom. It really is freedom in Christ. It's not just some religious act. It may be for a lot of people. It may be for a lot of people, you know? I mean, there's a lot of phonies and fakers and, and disillusioned people out there that are chasing just a lot of religious stuff. Trying real hard. And they're sincere. But they're just sincerely wrong. And then there's some people that have experienced the living Christ. Experienced the power of his Holy Spirit. They've experienced the joy of the Lord. And he has transformed their lives and is day by day renewing them and transforming them. And honestly, I, I feel like I'm one of those people. And I hope that you're one of those people. And that's what why that's why we have this show is so that you can experience the living Christ and experience the joy of the Lord, and experience the freedom and and allow the Spirit and the Word of God to come into your life and transform your life so that you can have a blessed life and fulfill everything that the Lord has called you to fulfill and everything that the Lord has assigned you to, everything the Lord has portioned and, and prepared for you. We want you to obtain your inheritance in God and grow and mature in the things of God and grow faith to faith and glory to glory in it and apprehend the promises of God by faith. And that's why we're here. The Father, right now, we just pray for everybody listening tonight. Lord, bless them. Help them to obtain their inheritance. Help them to reach their goals. Your goals for them, Father, your your plan and your purpose in their life, Father. We pray, Lord God, your kingdom come and your will be done, Lord. We thank you for your goodness, Lord. We speak a blessing over everybody for this new year that they would reach their full potential in you. We ask, Lord God, reveal yourself in a mighty way. Lord, show them by the power of your Holy Spirit. Heal them in their bodies. Heal them in their minds. Strengthen them. 
stretch them to the fullest capacity, help them reach everything, every goal that you lay out before them, Lord, strengthen them, empower them to do so. Father, we just seek a blessing now. We thank you. We just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, this is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and we will be back tomorrow night. And like, if you need to, contact us, www.prayerinternational.org. Have a good night.